Hello and welcome to Your Money. I'm Susie Jones, back from a week off of vacation, reminding you if you have a financial question for Peg or Bruce anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can call 1-888-ADVICE or you can email your questions to yourmoney at wealthenhancement.com. You can also text or call us in the studio at 651-461-9226. Now, here is Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and Founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Welcome, you two. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Bruce. Hi, Peg. Hi, Susie. Always good to be with you, ladies. Susie, uh, glad you're back. Denny's always uh, fine in your absence, but I'd love to hear your uh, happy... uh, I, I, I hear the smile in your voice, Susie. I just... You know, you always say you talk to someone, you can hear the smile. I hear your smile. Oh, that's nice. And I was smiling at you because I have nothing but <laughs> smiles after being in Florida for seven days. So that always, <laughs> that will put a now smile on your Minnesota. face. Yeah, where it's 13 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. Anyway. Well, um, the, today, uh, Susie, we, uh, we thought we're in the home stretch. It's tax season. And the title of the show is Stress-Free at tax time. And I read that and I thought to myself, you should add, said nobody ever. Stress-free at tax time said nobody ever. But we're going to try to give some pointers and some hints today how to mitigate some of that stress. I think everybody, when it's time to file their tax return, feels a certain amount of stress, but maybe we can uh, alleviate some of it with uh, with some hints that we're going to give today. And Peg, you know, the big thing, probably the key word you know, that we'll stress today is organized. If you're organized, you make it easier on everybody, including yourself. Maybe you file sooner, maybe you get a refund sooner. Um, so organization is going to be the key, but then that's easy to say to be organized. How do you how do you do that? And that's where we're going to dig in a little deeper today. And a lot of people listening maybe have already filed because we're only a few weeks away from the deadline. But this is advice that's good, you know, not just in the home stretch before you file your taxes. A lot of this stuff is, are things you can be doing all year and help yourself feel maybe less stressed when you file next year. Yeah, it's um, interesting, Bruce, in that whenever um, our marketing team gives us a topic, I seek to learn, right? So I'm like, oh, I wonder how many tax returns there really are. Well, 160 million. So, I mean, that just sounds like a daunting number. And then I thought, well, then, like, how many employees work for the IRS doing this tax return, you know, um, review and all of that? Well, there's 75,000 people. So, I mean, just those numbers. And and, um, so my experience really over the last couple of years with the pandemic um, helping my clients is a lot of frustration in that. They, you know, they're, they're used to calling Wealth Enhancement Group and, and talking to a person and getting their answer. Well, it come, when it comes to the IRS, they've certainly been, um, you know, just behind because of, well, number one, the, the pandemic. And then, you know, Congress actually gave them a whole bunch of extra responsibilities with those stimulus checks and all the checks for the businesses and that was just on top of their regular job. So I do feel bad for those people. I absolutely do. Now, when we had this topic uh, today, I thought, oh, there isn't a whole lot of time left when I think about myself. 
Now, I do file an extension, but what's interesting about an extension doesn't mean that you don't gather your things, your 1099s and your you know earned income for the year and all of that, because like myself, I do know that I'm going to owe money. And so if you think you're going to owe money, then you have to do this calculation um, or have your CPA do this calculation to know, well, how much are you going to mail in? Well, when do I have to mail it in? Well, the tax deadline for this 2021 um, returns that we're sending in now got pushed from April 15th to April 18th because of this, um, what is it, the Emancipation Day. That's why it's pushed out a little bit, which is observed in Washington, D.C. So you technically have an extra three days um, to prepare your return. And I like what you said, Bruce, in that organization is key. And I've often said on this show, what I do is I already have my folder right in my um, in my desk drawer that says 2023, because starting on January 1st, of 2023, I started um, having things that I knew that I needed for 2023. Like I've, I've already given a charity. And so I put my little receipt in there to, to remind me like a whole year from now that that's what I did. Uh, so I feel like if you're, if you're trying to get organized now for, um, you know, 2021, it's it is a rush, right? And you're in and a lot of times you don't have those receipts and then you gotta contact people. Hey, I don't have this, I need it, and that takes a lot of extra time. Bruce? Well, you know, I just was and again that's all good stuff and uh we'll dig a little deeper too, but I was thinking as you were chatting, uh, uh Peg, um a lot some of our listeners or maybe a lot of our listeners know that uh in the Minneapolis Saint Paul or the Minnesota marketplace I also do a weekly TV appearance on uh, WCCO Mid-Morning with Jason DeRussia and Heather Brown. And we tackled this topic a couple of weeks ago. And here's the funny thing, and it happened live on air. It didn't, and and you know, we're, part of the advice was being organized and don't procrastinate, start early. And I had to admit that literally that day, that morning before going on air, I sent an email to my primary accountant and said, Jason, what else do you need from me to finish our 21 return? And he emailed back, everything. You haven't given me, given me anything yet. And I honestly didn't know that. I thought I'd given him a bunch of stuff, and he had nothing. But now fast forward, now that he prompted me and I knew I know I got to get him stuff, I got another email this this weekend that he's down to five things he needs, and I can get those looked up pretty easily and get him everything he needs. But I, like you, have to file an extension. We have a complicated situation. I, I don't even think I have all my K-1s yet. In fact, I know I don't, so I have to extend. But that's the other thing I'm glad you brought out. People that think that maybe they're going to file an extension and they're not familiar with that process or don't have any previous experience think that they, they extend paying. No, no. You, you, mm-hmm. Your finalized return isn't due until October, but you pay your estimated amount that you owe by April 18th. That doesn't mean you get to avoid paying. So, uh, But it does mean you get to delay finalizing everything if you're still waiting on stuff, and, and I always am. Uh, just I just am. Well, and, and there's another point to that, Bruce, is that if you just decide, nah, 
not going to pay until October. Uh, there's late filing penalties that can equal 25% of your tax liability. So there, the IRS right. is not kind if you don't send um, your money. Now, when it comes to refunds coming, you know, for for us right now, it seems like there's a 21-day delay or some, or because um, people are like, well, where's my refund? And they're so used to, because of this electronic world that we're in today, a lot of the returns are being sent electronically, and they're thinking, oh, well, why don't they just see that number that they owe me and just lickety-split get that out to me? Well, a lot of these returns are still processed by hand, and there's more being processed by hand now because of the ch ch uh, child tax credits and those stimulus checks, and and it's uh, the computers are not able to just uh, clear all these returns uh, super fast. So, But if you're looking for your refund, you can go to irs.gov slash refunds. Not sure that they actually we did that for a client this week and it was posting the prior year return. So then I read about it this week trying to help this client. And it says, oh, by the way, if you go to that, it's probably not quite up to date. So that might not be a reliable source. And then try calling. If you call, you probably are not going to get an answer, and the only thing that's going to happen to you is your blood pressure is going to go higher because it will, <laughs> you will just wait and wait and wait. And once again, we were trying to help a client um, investigate something, and I said, oh, I'll get on the line with you. Oh, my goodness, did I ever get all sorts of things done, you know, while we were waiting, and then we never, ever got through. So that's been frustrating for people out there too, but um, they 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 warned us pretty well that they're backlogged and and underfunded and and understaffed and all of that. So, but back to what do you do for you to have a stress-free tax time? Um, before you electronically send that, just double check, triple check that all your information is correct. Because what happens is, if it's not it might get rejected right away, and then it's going to be a major delay. So if you've ever, uh, you know, done homework and said, you know, I don't want to miss anything on it, or you're filling out a form that you know will be rejected, this is one to take some extra time. And I know actually that the CPAs that we work with, too, are double-checking, triple-checking, because once again, you just don't want them to get kicked back. Uh, the other thing we deal with, Bruce, is these 1099s. So, yes, the um, custodians that Wealth Enhancement Group uses, they get out these 1099s, but they have the ability to correct them. And um, the correction time is usually late March. So we're not even, I mean, we're just in late March right now. And that's a frustration. I know we're talking about stress-free, but that is a frustration for some because all of a sudden, They've wanted to get their return done. They've sent it in. And then, oh, here comes this uh, corrected 1099. So I encourage my clients, uh, because a lot of them have after-tax investments with custodians with us, and they have every right to do a corrected one. Uh, and so I tell them to kind of hold off if you can. And then I'm a big fan of elect uh, filing electronically because you will get your refund a lot sooner. And I feel like that's safer uh, than sending something in the mail, Bruce. Yeah, you know, um, 
I want to pick up on the last point, and then I want to kind of circle back and go backwards again um, the, the, about filing electronically. And again, I've said many times on this show, Peg, what a technological nincompoop I am. And I admit it, and everybody in the company knows it. And, um, and you're far better at, at you know, figuring out this new technology than I am. But even recently, not necessarily with regard to taxes, but just other business transactions, things I'm doing, I'm amazed how easy it's become with auto signature, things that used to be stacks and stacks of paper that it took forever to go through, you can do on a computer now, and you really don't even sign. You set up something that it recognizes something as your signature, and you just click on the little icon by the signature line, and it all happens in about two minutes. And and I'm just fascinated by you know how awesome the technology is and the same is true in filing our, our tax returns um <clears throat> i also wanted to go back and and i also want to mention you know when we start to take calls uh, there's probably going to be some calls on taxes but people should know that we'll always take any and all financial questions if if, if listeners don't want to talk about taxes and i know a lot of them don't but peg you've given a lot of good information already just in these first you know 12 or minutes or so, but we, let's give it some structure because we've kind of bounced around. So again, we're trying to help people with specific advice to avoid stress at tax time. Um, and, and I guess number one, and we've kind of danced all around it, but we didn't really say it, is you know, don't procrastinate, don't delay. Even though we have extra time this year, the 18th instead of the 15th, we've been talking about all the issues with the IRS being understaffed and COVID and all the returns they have to do. So get it done as soon as you can. And then, the, you know, what are some keys in, in being able to do that? How, how, how do we help people do it faster rather than slower? Uh... Well, I talked about having your information complete to make sure that you have all the supporting documentation, and then yeah. um, that, and then if you, and then I talked about the 1099. So make sure you just don't go electronically file, and then um, <clears throat> consider paying your tax balance, you know, electronically, and and uh, make sure that you check the box for getting your refund uh, directly deposited that kind of thing. But I think probably the biggest point I can make now is choose a qualified and, and reputable tax professional. So we're comprehensive planners and tax is everything to us, meaning taxes matter in everything you do. So your financial advisor should be very tax knowledgeable because it matters. And so when you're preparing your return by yourself, you know, um, you kind of have to know, I know you can follow the instructions, but a lot of times we have clients, because um, what I like to do is a high percentage of the clients that I work with, I ask for them to send their tax return to me right away when it's complete. Because we have made so many suggestions in the year prior, uh, tax strategies with their investments. And then I like to make sure that what I suggested got implemented on the tax return correctly. So um, what I find is the do-it-yourselfers, uh, they have a high percentage of, of um, mistakes. And so it is complex. And a lot of times it's not something that you do every day. So I highly recommend, and my clients know this, to get a qualified and reputable tax professional 
to prepare their re- your return. And Wealth Enhancement Group does advise, um, have those services as well. We don't take every single client because we wouldn't be able to take them all, but we take a lot of them. And um, another reason you do that is just, you know, this, we're talking about tax-free, Bruce, and I mean, um, stress-free on taxes. And so I find that it really heightens my clients in doing these returns because they, they don't do it every day. And so I highly encourage them uh, to get a professional. Bruce? Well, I agree with that. And we talk about um, getting a professional, even getting a financial planner. Some people think they can do it themselves. And they'll always think that. I know we're not going to convince everyone. Uh, but I, but I, I believe in getting professional help. I believe in hiring an attorney. I believe in hiring a financial planner. I believe in hiring a good tax preparer. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, I totally agree. And then I'll, I'll even add one other, um, what we do for our clients, even if you have a, a trusted tax preparer, if you want somebody to double-check that, we often, even if we don't prepare the return, we will review the tax return that the client has and see if there's missed opportunities. And, and a pretty high percentage of the time, we find stuff. So um, maybe some people listening have a very, very, very simple, straightforward return, and you can do it yourself on TurboTax. But I think most people would benefit from that small fee they pay a tax preparer to get some professional help. Hey, Susie, um, if we have time, maybe we can even get a question in uh, this, this half of the show. Yeah, that would be fine. We have a couple of people texting at 651-461-9226. And just reminding folks as well, they can always call at 651-461-9226. And we can get your call on the air as well. This texter writes, should I take my RMD now or wait till later this year? I will also move some money to the IRA from the IRA to my Roth, I understand I must take the RMD first. Can you tell us what an RMD is, and can you answer that question? <laughs> Either one of you take it. Yeah, Peg, you can go first. Go ahead. Um, RMD is required minimum distribution, and that is the IRS. Once you become 72 years old, they mandate that you take some money out. Now, there's a lot of listeners out there that are under the old rule of 70 and a half. But um, this texter is correct in that first, if you are above those ages, you need to take your required minimum distribution first. Then you can do a Roth conversion after you do your required minimum distribution. Should you do it now? Well, um, I call RMDs if you're going to live on them short-term money. And if it's in the stock market, yeah, I think maybe you take it out now. Or I have some clients that are actually taking half of it out now and then half of it out later this year. Bruce? Yeah, I was going to pick up on that on that same thread. Now, um, when the texter added the, you know, what they're basically talking about is doing Roth conversion. And I don't think I have very many clients that are still looking at doing conversions once they're taking required minimum distributions. Not that you can't, not that it doesn't happen, but I don't think that's something that I see too frequently. But that is one of the big questions, Peg, is, okay, now I've got to take this money out. And, and how should I do it? And I just had a client this last week again with a lot of money in an IRA, and that required minimum distribution is a pretty big number. It's like over $60,000. And I'm like, well, 
you probably don't want to take that just in a lump sum. I don't know if you want to take about 15000 a quarter or if you want to divide it into 12s and treat it like, a, you know, like your monthly paycheck used to be, you know, so... There's, but the, what people need to know is they can do whatever they want. They just got to make sure they meet that required minimum by the end of the year. But you can do it monthly, twice a year, quarterly, one lump sum. It, it doesn't matter. Whatever works best for you. But to, to your point, if it's in the market, um, maybe now is a good time to take it. I try to have clients have money not in the market so they can spend that money if they if they need to so they don't have to sell stocks at an inopportune time. Susie, I think we're coming up to the end of the first half, but the second half, we'll let listeners drive this thing. And we have a couple of folks on our news line right now as well, so we will get to them after this short break at the bottom of the hour. It is your money, and if you are listening and you have a question, you can jump on either on the phone, as others have, at 651-461-9226. You can also join us and ask the question via text at 651-461-9226. And as always, if you have any financial question for Bruce or Peg, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week at the office, one eight 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 six advice or you can email your questions as well. And welcome back. I'm Susie Jones along with... Peg Webb and Bruce Helmer, and we are taking your calls at 651-461-9226. We're also taking your text questions at 651-461-9226. Dave is on the line with a question for both Peg and Bruce. Go ahead, Dave. You're on the air. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Say, I just I, I owe just an absurd amount of taxes this year. Um, I had some expenses this past summer, but when I got the tax bill, I was just Lord, I mean, usually it's you know five six thousand dollars either way, and um, I owe twenty two thousand in state and twelve in federal. Um, I was just shocked. I mean, is is that normal? I, I, I mean, I did move some money around to to make um, you know some cash available. I think we lost Dave. We uh, might have, Dave, yeah. thanks for. Dave, thanks for listening. Thanks for your question. I hope you can still hear us. So, so Peg, uh, I, Dave is surprised by the amount of tax he owes, and we run into that on occasion with clients. Um, and we, and obviously, we don't know for sure Dave's uh, specific situation. But what are some reasons that people might have that unpleasant surprise that their tax bill? is a lot bigger than they thought it was going to be. What are some of the things that catch folks by surprise that we see? Yeah, thanks, Bruce. I am getting a lot of when I'm seeing these reviews on the taxes, they are higher this year, and I'll tell you why. Last year was an incredible year in the stock market, and what happens there is uh, a lot of these mutual funds uh, distribute capital gains. So there was a lot of activity. Not only did Dave just say that he moved some things around, right? The internal money managers can move things around that create capital gains. So we had not seen that in quite a few years to the degree that we did last year. So what I mean by that is, now it sounds like Dave moved things around, but even if you didn't as an investor and you didn't move anything, you didn't sell anything, then you still participate in all the activity that happened within that fund. 
and you get your pro rata share depending on how many shares you own. That surprised people. The secondly, the second thing that surprised people is um, dividends on corporations had gone down in 2020 because of the pandemic. And then in 2021, oh, they're all back to where they were primarily. And that has actually thrown people off as well, that those dividends were higher. So those are two reasons. Um, so, Bruce, those are the ones that I found. Otherwise, you know, there might be something inside the return that happened is you triggered going into another tax bracket. And that may not have happened before. And then, you know, you, you truly might have entered into the 22 or 24 percent bracket federally um, sooner than you thought. And that's a much higher tax. Bruce? Yeah, I just want to jump in that. Um, and you did a great job, Peg. But I just want to maybe, maybe give a little more clarity. I think people in general do not understand how mutual funds are taxed. And there's really three taxes on a mutual fund. Whether you sell any shares or not, you could be standing pat, holding your portfolio, and there's still going to be dividends declared by the corporations in those funds. That's a taxable event, you know, whether, whether you take the dividend out in cash or whether it buys more shares of the fund, doesn't matter. That's a taxable event to you. Second tax is the buying and selling that goes on. If that mutual fund manager sells a stock for a gain, even though you didn't do anything, you participate in, in those profits and in that gain, that's a taxable event. And then the one that people understand, and Dave mentioned I moved some money around, that means he probably sold some mutual funds. Then you probably have long-term capital gains tax on the difference in share price between what you paid and what you sold it for. Now, when I say three different taxes, I'm sure there's people out there listening right now going, why in the heck would anybody ever have a mutual fund? They sound horrible. But we still use mutual funds because it is a way that we can diversify properly with a relatively small amount of money. If you tried to go diversify the way you probably should to have an efficient asset allocation and you tried to do it by buying individual stocks and individual bonds, most people don't have enough money to do that. So even though there is potentially a tax disadvantage in having mutual funds, the, the positives, primarily broad diversification and professional management with a relatively small amount of money, the positives probably for most people outweigh the negatives, and we still use mutual funds and in, in, in with our clients and in, in, in the advice that we give. But tax considerations is one of the things that we use in our fund selection process, and we try to use funds that historically um, are low turnover, so it could be indexed funds or passively managed funds because the tax is a big part of the consideration. But I think you're right, Peg. Other, uh, you know, there could have been something extraordinary in Dave's case, but I'm going to guess it's more likely than not that that's what it was. It was just uh, gains and dividends, and, and maybe there was a little bit of bracket creep. But uh, uh, sorry about the bad news, Dave, and I hope the answer helped a little bit. Susie? Yes, I wanted to ask as a follow-up for Dave, when you're faced with that situation, do you work out some kind of or can you work out some kind of a payment deal? Because obviously most of us don't have that kind of dough sitting around just to write one big fat check to the 
the government? Not for I free. Could... <laughs> I should have said who I was talking to. I Sorry. I Go ahead. Say not, I, I would say not for free. You know, the IRS likes to charge interest if you're not going to pay. Now, you can, um, you know, write and, and ask to feel, have the IRS feel sorry for you type of thing. But um, normally they don't honor those, Bruce. Well, yeah, and you're right. It's not free, but, you know, millions of people, list, you know, and may, maybe people listening right now to this show owe money to the IRS from a previous year when they couldn't pay the full balance. So what you don't want to do and what some people do is, like, ignore the problem and don't communicate. The IRS really does not like that. But if you reach out and say, look, I can't pay the full amount, let's figure out a payment plan, they will work with you, but as Peg said, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch here. You're going to pay um, either some uh, late penalties and or some interest by not being able to pay the balance all at once. But they'll, they will work with you to soften the blow uh, a little bit if you can't come up with all the money at once. All right, 651-461-9226. You can text a question to Bruce or Peg, or you can actually call. We've got some lines open for you at 651-461-9226. It's your money. Uh, This texter writes, if a person transfers funds to you from present advisors, um, how does that work time-wise so you don't lose time with investments? Ooh, that's I, I I understand what they're asking. They they took a turn. So based uh, peg on the topic today, we're talking about taxes. I thought that that question transferring from one advisor to another was going to end with some sort of a tax question, and maybe you want to address that also. But then the, the where they went, they took a little turn on me. I didn't expect is if you're transferring, are you out of the market? And what if you're out of the market when the market's way up? How how does that work? Maybe we address both of those. Peg? Sure. Um, if you're transferring, and it kind of depends on what type of asset it is. So a lot of people that transfer to Wealth Enhancement Group have both non-qualified and qualified assets. Non-qualified are um, everything but IRAs and Roth IRAs and things like that, where you get these 1099s that we were talking about with Dave just earlier. Um, IRAs, as long as you transfer from an IRA to an IRA, there's no taxable event. So what we do is in our comprehensive planning uh, for a a new introduction uh, person that's looking at us as as a qualified uh, advisory for the rest of their life, is we do an analysis on all their holdings. And the only ones I'm concerned about um, in the transfer is usually the the taxable ones. But we have a process by which most of the money can transfer what we call in-kind. So if you're at another custodian, they can transfer to our custodian exactly the way that it looked at the other custodian, and then it'll arrive at Wealth Enhancement Group's custodian. That way we control uh, selling out of things and purchasing um, the new investments, hopefully on the same day. There's just a few investments that you can't sell and, and, and buy on the same day, but it's, it's very few. So that's how we control that. Now, I've heard from some 
uh, potential clients that come in and talk to us that that wasn't being advised at their other place because it actually does take a little bit more work on our part, right? It would be easier if the old custodian just cashed everything in, you know, made it in cash, and then whenever we got the cash, great, we'll invest it. Well, it takes us a little bit more work, but we feel like it's worth it to um, communicate with that custodian to do what we call in-kind. Bruce? Well, just to add to that really quickly, uh, yes, because we don't we don't want them out of the market, number one, and we don't want them paying unnecessary taxes if we can help it. We're going to try to minimize taxes, and we're going to try to minimize the time that they're out of the market. And the only other thing I would add, on the rare occasion over the years, and Wealth Enhancement Group has been in business 25 years, and I can count on one hand the number of times where we've had you know something like this go wrong, but if something does go wrong in that transfer process and the, and the client is out of the market, Maybe, maybe when we got the money and, and transferred in kind and we were supposed to put it into a model, maybe it didn't go there right away and it stayed in cash. If, if, if we made a mistake and the client was out of the market when the market was up, we make them whole. We make it right. We, we don't, the client should not suffer because of our mistake. And if the opposite happens, if we made a mistake and they were out of the market and the market went down, well, then it's a blessing in disguise. Our mistake actually helped them, and we don't need to take any action. And, again, we're very, very, very fortunate that we have processes in place and really good people that those kind of mistakes, at least at Wealth Enhancement Group, are rare. But when it does happen, we're never going to let a client suffer because of our mistake. But that's a really good question by that texter, Susie. All right, 651-461-9226. That's the number to text or call if you have a question for Bruce or Peg as we are nearing the tax deadline, April 18th this year rather than the 15th. This person texts to Peg and Bruce, I have two work 401ks that I at companies I no longer work for. My new job does not have an investment plan. If I start an IRA today and contribute the maximum amount does it ha- does it help or hurt my federal taxes? And then it just jumped. Are there any other places I can put my pre-tax money? And either one of you can take that. Peg um, or Bruce. Peg, did you did you get all that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can so go first. I was going to have Susie repeat it, but if you got an answer, I'll I'll, I'll play off your answer. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I thought I heard then. Um, there's two work 401ks, and it actually sounds like maybe a change of employment with a new company, and they don't offer a 401k. So the question is, can I do an IRA, you know, since my employer does not have a 401k, and um, how does that help me? So um, unfortunately uh, for you, the company doesn't have a 401k, meaning um, with a 401k, uh, you can put up to 26000 in. I don't know what your age is, but 26000 is um, the amount that we can put in through our income. But the, if you don't have an employer plan, then you can go open an IRA. And if you're um, under 50 years old, it's $6,000. And if you're over 50 years old, it's But if you have a spouse, too, uh, and even if that spouse does not have a job and and doesn't have income, 
then you can do a deductible IRA uh, for that person too. So that's another six or seven thousand. Other than that, uh, it's hard to then uh, find places to, to do a deduction um, beyond those regular IRAs. Bruce. Yeah, and the only other thing, if 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 if, if um, you are leaving employment, retiring, or going to another job. Those dormant 401ks, you've really got four options of what you can do with them. You can leave them in your, in your old job, and that's what a lot of people end up doing because it's kind of the course of least resistance, if you will. They don't have to do anything, so they don't do anything. Um, in some cases, if you go to another job, your new job might actually allow you to roll your old 401k into their 401k plan. Uh, that's a second option. A third option would be just to cash out, take the money and spend it. But, of course, that's going to be a taxable event. And if you're not 59 and a half years old yet, there's in addition to the taxes, there's a 10% penalty. Or the fourth option is to convert that 401k into an individual retirement account. And that's what we usually do most of the time with clients. That ends up being the best option. And then we do a custodian to custodian transfer. So there's no unnecessary withholdings, no unnecessary taxes. And when I say that's usually the best option, nothing, you know, you can never say always, never say never, but it's usually the best option for a couple of reasons. And I know, Peg, you're big on the first one. It's control. Uh, it's one thing to give a corporation control of your money if you work there, but if you don't work there, why give somebody the chance to control your money? So that old plan and that old company that you don't work at anymore, if that corporation wants to do a 90-day freeze or a blackout where you can't access your funds or take money out or change your investments or whatever, and they can do that, and we've seen that, it happens, um, why give them that kind of control when you can move it to an individual retirement account and there's nobody in control of your money but you. And the second reason is probably just investment choices. Any corporate plan, even a good one, is very limited in terms of the number of choices as compared to the sheer volume of choices outside of that plan where maybe you can maybe you get better returns or maybe you get safer investments or maybe you get investments that create an income stream and you don't have very, very many or any good choices for income inside the 401k so it's not only the, the idea that you can do another IRA if you don't have a retirement plan on your new job but what do you do with those old plans that's something you need to look at too and again you can leave them you could maybe move them to your new company. You can spend them. Or what we would probably prefer, you can move them to an individual retirement account. All right. I have another text question for you. Hello. Can you explain if and why a person has to file a tax return after retirement? Is Social Security income even though not working any longer? Thank you. Bruce or Peg, a ta- tax return after retirement. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, everybody needs to file a tax return. I mean, Social Security is enough income that triggers that you have to file a tax return. And you also need to um, see if that Social Security is taxable. So if you're if you're single or you're married, there's a dollar amount that actually you if you go over 50 percent of your Social Security is taxed. So they like to have you file the tax return to see if you owe. Now, if you don't owe anything, I mean, I I, I understand I don't have any clients that are in that position, but if you don't owe anything, I still think it's a good idea just to file because 
I don't know if they're going to look for you or, um, you know, what, what would happen if you didn't file, Bruce. Yeah, and, and it, I just would add, it is possible that you file, but you don't owe any taxes. But I agree with Peg. You, st- you still want to file. If you don't file and for some reason the IRS comes looking for you and audits you and they determine that you, you know, did, would have had taxes due if you had filed, it just, you're just going you're, you're gonna to avoid trouble if you just file. And very few people, although it's possible, but very few people are actually going to have zero tax due because when you look at your retirement income, Social Security is part of the equation. Maybe you have a small pension. Maybe you're taking withdrawals from uh, a qualified account like an IRA. Those things all add up, and it's pretty hard. I know you're not getting a paycheck anymore. You're not getting you know, a W-2, but you're, you're probably getting 1099s, and you probably have enough income that you're going to have to pay some tax on that income. Or if you don't, tell the IRS, here's how much I made, and here's why I don't owe you any taxes because I didn't make enough. But definitely let them know by filing. All right. We have the two minutes thing, left, Peg, just so you know, yeah, two minutes. The, yeah, the other thing is here is that you might um, you might be eligible for a credit, and I've seen people miss credits because they said, "Oh, I don't need to file," so that's another reason to file. Should we try to get one text question in? This is hi, sure. Bruce and Peg. I retired a year and a half ago from a job that I had an active HSA account. I still have money in that account. My question is. Can I contribute to that account even though I'm no longer working? I'd like to be able to put the standard family amount plus 1000 extra per year uh, for both my wife and I. Thank you. And that's from Rich, who lives in Edina. And we have about a minute and a half. Thanks, Rich. Peg, health, health savings account. That's what Rich is talking about, HSA. Yeah, so, um, I, I, you know what, I'm kind of just stymied here. I think you have to be working to be able to contribute to it. Um, you have to. Somebody has to have some income within the family. Okay. Um, do you know Bruce? No, I, I think point? that's right. And and yeah. um, he also said something about adding extra beyond the family. I'm not. I'm not sure what that meant either. But uh, yeah, I think you have to have earned income to be able to contribute to your health savings account. I agree. All right. Very good. I would think so. Well, you guys, I think we're almost out of time, so we might bid people adieu as any final thoughts as we near uh, April 18th with about a minute to go. Actually, less than that, like 30 seconds. If we miss yeah. it on the HSA, we'll correct ourselves uh, next week. But, that sounds um, great. I'm not 100% sure. All right, and let's get let your pe- taxes done. Get your taxes Don't done. Wait. Don't wait and let people call one eight 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 six advice. That's the office there. If you really want to follow up one eight 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 six advice, you can email your questions as well to your money at wealthenhancement.com. Have a great week.